Welcome to SOMC Leadership on the Go, the podcast that brings you lifelong learning and leadership development wherever you are. Today, we're continuing our journey through ethical leadership. We are excited to continue breaking down this complex and challenging topic with you. And we are fortunate to do so today with one of the authors of a blog series on the same topic. So stick around with us and hear from someone who wrote on ethical leadership for SOMC's leadership blog way, 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 way back in 2012. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you are and whatever time it is. Hello. My name is Brady Carter, and as I shared a few moments ago, we're going to continue our discussion on ethical leadership today. Leading ethically and in a way that produces ethical behavior is a leadership competency that may get less attention when seeking to become a better leader. But it is a competency that gets plenty of attention when someone or some organization has trouble doing so. Considering the weight of this topic, we really are fortunate today to be interviewing a leader that took a deep dive into ethical leadership over 10 years ago. Justin Clark, you resemble a few of our guests so far in that you wear a lot of hats here at SOMC. So can you take a moment and introduce yourself to our listeners who may not know you? Because I know if I do it, I will miss a few items. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me today, Brady. Excited to be here and talk with you, uh, be a part of the podcast. So at SOMC, my official title is Administrative Director of Plant Operations. And underneath that umbrella, my teams are responsible for maintenance and construction of all SOMC facilities. We have an internal team that performs minor renovations, department that we call facilities. We have the SOMC grounds department. So all the stuff you see outside, we cut grass, we plow snow, we take care of landscaping and support other SOMC initiatives. My team also manages emergency preparedness for the organization. We take care of printing and installing signs. And I help co-lead the Environment of Care Committee with Christy Timberlake, the Director of Safety Services. Well, uh, we appreciate that, Justin. You certainly do wear a lot of hats. Some of them, it sounds like, may even be hard hats. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure you even missed a few things. But, Justin, as I alluded to earlier, this topic of ethical leadership is one that doesn't garner a lot of attention in the world of leadership competencies, but... In my opinion, it's one of the most important and impactful competencies out there. And whatever we're doing as leaders, we're having an impact on those around us. This is true for how we manage our time, how we communicate, our understanding of teamwork, and so on. And it's just a true when considering ethical leadership. As a leader, how we accomplish what's set before us sets the tone for how others go about accomplishing their tasks. And the bigger the audience, the bigger the impact. So considering the weight of all that, one brief question I want to ask before we get into some of our deeper topics is basically why. Why do you think ethical leadership or even ethics in general might be an uninteresting topic to most people? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I don't think there's one specific answer as as to why the concept of ethical leadership isn't something that you hear a lot of water cooler chatter about around the office or in the department. Mm. I think we could dive into a handful of reasons, and, and I'd love to turn that back to you and get your take as well, because I think that dialogue is going to be what helps us really get to the bottom of what we're talking about today. But I think for me, ethical leadership is something that we don't think about in large part because it's something that kind of goes on behind the scenes. So it's not a, it's not a functional 
element of our day-to-day -day jobs in a, in a practical sense. It's not a task you complete or something you mark off your task list. But a lot of those things that kind of frame the way we do our job, it's one of those things that we often find ourselves asking about after the fact instead of being proactive about it. And, and I think that's something that I think as we continue our conversation, we'll dive in maybe practical ways to be proactive about thinking about ethical leadership. I think another element, too, is the idea that we all bring our own ethical framework or another term you might think of as worldview from, from different kind of categories. We all bring our own framework or worldview to the job place with us, to where we work and something we take home with us, something that really defines who we are as a person. And so I think a lot of the interesting conversations happen when we talk about how we merge our personal ethical framework with what our organizational ethics might be. Yeah, Justin, I think you hit uh, the nail on the head with a lot of that. And I can tell you're, you're one of the right people to talk about this subject. I agree with you in terms of it being maybe a behind the scenes aspect of leadership. I kind of think of it in terms of, of maybe a philosophy of leadership. When you consider leadership positions or being successful uh, or organizations, you know, the things that come to mind for me are, you know, getting things done. You mentioned task lists, and it, and it basically kind of boils down to doing the right things. When we talk about ethical leadership, we're talking about doing the right things the right way. And so I, I think you really touched on a lot of what we will today. As we continue this discussion, I really believe ethics is a subject that can be considered from a broad perspective, as broad as an entire organization or even a, a brand. But at the same time, uh, it must be considered all the way down to the individual level, the level of the leader, the members of the team, and all the key stakeholders. And those different perspectives ultimately need to be considered collectively too. But for the sake of our conversation in this series, really, I, I want to spend our time uh, on the plane of the leader. And as unattractive as the topic of ethical leadership might be, it can also be a daunting topic to leaders, and it has been to me. With this in mind, I'm hoping you can help our leaders learn and understand some practical steps that can be taken to learn more about leading ethically and leading in a way that encourages ethical behavior. So uh, our first question here after that was, what are some steps that leaders should take in order to accomplish this? What practical things does an ethical leader do and why? So I really appreciate you drilling down to the leader level here, Brady. And I think the key there within leader is, is as leaders, we're all individuals. And ironically, when we talked about doing this episode, I thought to myself, I wonder what the actual definition of ethics is. And, and the dictionary says that it's ethics are moral principles to govern a person's behavior. So even the dictionary kind of drills it down to the individual level of responsibility. And all of us who are in leadership, no matter what hats we wear, no matter whether or not we work at, S at SMC or in healthcare um, or in any field, you know, leadership is really a, a study in personal accountability. And, and so I think practically speaking, you know, you mentioned the blog that, that we wrote, um, I wrote with Kara Plummer back in 2012. So 10 years, almost 10 years to the day, actually, as I look through some of these, there are some really great practical steps out there, but a lot of them align with a lot of our core values as an organization, and especially the expectations we have for leaders here at SOMC. You know, I'm fond of the phrase, the best idea wins, and ethical leadership is really about finding the best idea. And, and how we define best is, is really where the rubber meets the road when it comes to ethics. But we have to do things like, we have to encourage dissent amongst leaders. We have to encourage people to speak candidly and clearly about their concerns. You know, we, we phrase that in our blog as one of the ways we phrase that was express, express your misgivings. 
You know, so if you if you have concerns, if you have misgivings, if you're uneasy about something, you've got to build a cultural framework where leaders can share those things without fear of repercussion. I think we've done a great job in large part uh, doing that here at SOMC. So I would say that's one one key element. Another one that I think is really important is that we have to clarify our expectations for people. And the reason I, I want to talk about that one is I think as leaders, we give people directives and expectations. But we also have to understand that their ambitions to meet our directives or meet our expectations might lead them into situations where they have to ask themselves ethical questions. So we have a responsibility as a leader for our own ethical behavior. But we also have an op- a responsibility for kind of creating a framework for helping people succeed ethically who work for us and with us as well. And then lastly, I think as leaders, we've got to be really, really welcome to criticism from our peers and our colleagues and from coworkers and criticism that's healthy and constructive in a way that challenges the things that we do. You know, we opened with talking about why ethics or ethical leadership isn't something that a lot of people want to talk about. But the reality is, is it wasn't something I wanted to talk about until I found myself in a situation where somebody questioned whether or not what I'd done was ethical. And so for all of us, you know, it's something that being proactive can really help us not only make good decisions, but help keep ourselves out of situations that we wouldn't want to find ourselves in. Yeah, Justin, you you made a couple of points there about expressing misgivings. I believe that was the, the, the terminology and being able to take criticisms. And I think that is so important and vital to this discussion because of the pitfalls that can occur both in terms of practice and in terms of pattern when it comes to this topic of ethics. And people can take this or leave it. I I was reading an article the other day about a company or a department that, and I I think I had mentioned this to you, they decided every Friday or one Friday a month was going to be contrarian Friday. And it's kind of funny when you hear it, but basically the, the task for that day was everybody in that office space that worked together kind of had to view how they normally do things as if that was the wrong way to do it. And it puts you in this state of mind of questioning, critically thinking about why you're doing what you're doing. And it also makes it way more common and comfortable to express a misgiving or to uh, respond to an idea or a thought in such a way that is critical. And if that is lacking or non-existent or uncomfortable in an organization or a department or in a realm of a leader, things that should be questioned, things that should be thought about twice, uh, will have less of an opportunity for that to happen. So I appreciate your, your feedback there. This has been rich. I want to thank you for making this subject practical. It's also encouraging. I think the more practical it becomes, the more encouraging it becomes. So as we start to wrap up this episode, I, I want to further zero in on why this competency is so important and why taking the steps you've outlined is really not an option for a leader. And for me, it has to do with influence, and it has to do with what is within our realm of control. And when it comes to the people that come into your sphere as a leader, maybe through the work of fielding the best team, you have some degree of control when it comes to the kinds of individuals you select for that team. However, it's very limited, and there are a lot of unknowns. And one of those unknowns is this topic of a person's ethics or a moral compass. And I think you alluded to this. For the most part, You know, I think we see things in extremes instead of how they really are. We believe that really bad things are always done by really bad people. Or in another extreme, we think that people 
often go from really good to really bad in a flash. And, and this really isn't the case. Like on any spectrum, most people fall somewhere in the middle. And this truth is one of the most important because if people are somewhere in the middle, then their environment and influences are going to have a significant impact on what they are willing to do or not do. And that's really the impact of the leader here and why our behaviors matter just as much as the goals we are trying to achieve. So with all that in mind, Justin, I know that was a lot on my end, but I'm interested to hear your take on this last question. What effects follow leaders who are purely interested in achieving goals and are not interested in the means by which those goals are achieved? Yeah. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. I want you to say in your questions. And so as we get towards the end of the episode, I had some some notes that I think really apply to your question. I want to make sure that we we step through all these things. I think it's important to remember that everybody's moral compass, I'll use your term, because I think it's a great term. Moral, everybody's moral compass is not going to be exactly the same. But when it comes to leadership, there are, there are some parameters that can help guide us all in the same direction. And so some of those things are codes and standards. Obviously, we, we work in a regulated space. And we don't always think about that as having an influence on our ethical framework, but it does. Um, those things exist particularly to protect people. But I think even more so within each organization here at SOMC specifically, you know, we have a code of conduct. So a code of conduct further clarifies or solidifies a framework. And, you know, it's something that I know we all are responsible for for reading and knowing. And I think we even all have a task and performance manager annually. But if you if you think about our cardinal value, we honor the dignity and worth of each person. It really goes a long way to framing up, you know, what our ethical expectations are for folks. And it's easy to do that when the lights are on, when you're on stage. It's easy to say the right things and do the right things in those moments. Um, but I think when I think about ethics, I think the word ethics lines up really closely with the word integrity in my mind. And I've always heard integrity defined as what you do when no one's looking. And I think the same can be said for leaders, especially those of, especially leaders who, who have ambition, ambition to, to do a good job, ambition to perform at a high level. You know, there will be opportunities presented to you to cut corners, to get ahead. And what you do when no one's looking says a lot about who you are and also says a lot about what you expect from people who work for you. So I think you're really on to the right track and teasing out that I think our human nature tells us that only bad people do bad things and good people only do good things. But the reality is we're all confronted with choices that force us to reconcile what's right and wrong in, in those specific moments. So my family, we have lots of fun with things like this. I, I like to put people in uncomfortable positions by asking them questions about things. For example, my wife will joke that I won't let her sneak food into the movies because the sign says no outside food or drink. Now, I'm not here to pass judgment on people who do or don't. And that doesn't make me a better person than people because... Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm sure I share Netflix passwords with people. Sure. Uh, but I think I think in the reality is... I think we all weigh the scales, what's what's right and what's wrong based on our position and circumstance. And, and that's a dangerous place to be. And so we can make light of some of those two examples that I shared. But in the workplace and in life, you know, there is a right, there is a wrong. And I think deep down, we all know what that is. And it's choosing to do the right thing, especially when it's the hard thing. And it's not always the thing that we want to do. I think you know, there's the phrase we love around here at SMC. That, that goes something to the effect, you know, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, even though I don't want to do it. And, and I think that's really a framework for ethical thinking is if we ask ourselves, what should I do in this situation? Even if it's not what I want to do, I'm going to do it anyway. I think it all boils down to something we kept coming back to when Kara and I wrote the blog 
we kept coming back to this idea that we have to understand our feelings, we have to isolate our feelings, and we have to express our feelings. Mm. This is really kind of a forerunner to a lot of the belief, feeling, action language that we have today, but it's really not that dissimilar. We've got to understand whether we're confronted with a choice we need to make or being confronted about a choice we've made. We've got to do the hard work of understanding the feelings we have in that moment and isolating the ones that aren't helpful and then expressing the ones that are, whether we're expressing them to ourselves, whether we're saying, hey, I don't want to do this, but I know I have to, or whether we're expressing ourselves, you know what, I know that I did that, but their feedback's fair and what I did wasn't okay. Yeah, Justin, I I think even more practical information and tips from you there. Uh, It may have been a a small illustration that you gave, but this concept that you talked about with your family of presenting them with choices and and having the ethical discussion there, maybe when you're at the movies or in a hypothetical scenario, it, it made me think of this chart that I've seen where basically you're trying to diagnose opportunities for intervention in this aftermath of an unethical event. And most of the time, the intervention comes after the unethical event has happened. Or when you're in the middle of questioning, did this teeter between ethical and unethical? And I think we can gauge how good of a job we're doing for ourselves and for our peers and colleagues and those we lead is if the consideration comes when you're presented with the choice. And, and if our culture and our language and our environment builds up an opportunity for folks to play that hypothetical game or to seize off the uh, unethical event way before it happens, then I think we, we have an opportunity to gauge success there. So, Justin, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for digging into this deep topic. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Listeners, I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. I hope you're learning as we continue to dig into ethical leadership. We are grateful as a podcast to have leaders here at SOMC willing to share their experiences and their knowledge. I will be looking forward to our next episode, and I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed this additional outlet of SOMC's leadership culture, please like and subscribe to receive future episodes. Lastly, if you have a topic you'd like to see discussed on this podcast, please send us an email at somcontheGo at somc.org. Thanks for listening today, and we hope to see you again next time.